When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody want to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep it love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert, and today we are doing a story with Caleb and Clementine Smits. Caleb, Clementine, introduce yourselves to everybody. Uh, hello, uh, my name's uh, Caleb Smith. Uh, I'm a uh, business owner, father, uh, and uh, amateur triathlete. My name's Clementine, and I'm in seventh grade. Nice. This is the this is the first uh, father daughter duo conversation that we've gotten to have on the show, which I'm really excited about. Uh, who uh, who got into Kanye's music first? Definitely my dad, and he introduced Kanye to me. <laughs> when did when do you first remember listening to Kanye Clementine? I don't remember the first time. <laughs> what did we listen to though? It was College Dropout. I was obsessed with that album for so long. <laughs> was it uh, a few songs in particular, the whole album? It was... You I, liked All Falls Down? Yeah, All Falls Down and... New Workout Plan. New Workout Plan, definitely. I think those are the two biggest ones. Yeah, both have that, like... I mean, you listen to All Falls Down and it's just... It blows your mind, and then new workout plan is such a different energy and level of fun about it. But the music of both just kind of gets you, like, bopping your head and into it. Yeah. Uh, I started listening to Kanye kind of late in his career. I uh, I started listening to Kanye 2013. I actually got Yeezus for free from uh, Google Play. They were doing it as a uh, Christmas special. And I had never, I had listened to some of his singles on the radio, um, but I hadn't actually done a deep dive into his uh, his albums. Um, uh, before that, I was really big uh, Wu. I'm a really big still Wu Tang Clan fan, um, Eminem fan, um, and then all of the other members of Wu Tang and uh, some and like Fifty Cent. I listened to a lot of. His stuff so uh i got yeezus 2013 and i'll tell you what i was not a fan <laughs> it was so abrasive you know it was it's just just harsh very harsh sounding music and i think uh that turned me off for a little bit and i i really um it took me and I didn't want to get away from it because I had heard good things about the album. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept listening to it. And, uh, you know, like now I think that uh, Yeezus is probably my second favorite. But uh, Blood on the Leaves is definitely probably my favorite, maybe my favorite. It's like either number one or number one A, you know. <laughs> and that's a song that... I feel like so many people that initially dislike Yeezus will still have that relationship with Blood on the Leaves, where whatever you think about the album surrounding it, you're just kind of more awestruck by the power of that song, the diversity in the soundscape, the emotion. Yeah, the uh, the definitely the the dichotomy of like having hearing about the the lynching. And then he he draws a conclusion to compare that to um, 
basically him cheating on a woman and he's being the one who's lynched, which doesn't, you know, that just uh, tells you about the ego that the guy, that the character <laughs> has. It really does. You know, he's accusing, you know, um, but that's where it comes off for me. You know, uh, he's, he's comparing this uh, extramarital affair uh, to being, uh, you know, to being caught and being hung basically. Yeah. It's, uh, it's at once very, uh, a powerful comparison, but as you said, also like a very kind of egotistical comparison to conflate the two things into one, um, which gets at such the heart of what Jesus is doing as an album. Yeah, I try to explain that to people, and and sometimes I get a little bit of a weird look, you know. <laughs> but oh, it, I know, I, and you, yeah, you and uh, you guys have gone the deep dives uh, that I've uh, listened to. You guys, I really appreciate being able to uh, kind of follow along and 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 see the development, um, you know. And now that's kind of brought me back to uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which is my favorite Kanye album. Oh, yeah. um, I've uh, listened to that one, you know, just ad nauseum. I mean, I think that uh, I think is it uh, is it your favorite one, Clementine? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really brought us together too. Yeah, Clementine. After uh, your dad introduced you to College Dropout, did you just listen to that one album for a while, or did you jump off into the rest of Kanye's discography, or listen to a specific album next? It, I wasn't very open-minded because cause it was five years ago. So I I was obsessed with listening to songs over and over again. So I knew exactly <laughs> what it was. And I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't interested in listening in anything to anything else until I actually did. Right. That's, it's such a... It's such a weird cycle because it's like when you hear something new, you're like, oh, I really love that. But then you just want to listen to that one thing and don't really want to listen to anything new. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I uh, really kind of kept her contact with Kanye just with me. Um, I let her listen to pretty much anything that she wants. I don't uh, restrict her to like a clean edit or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, uh, being a parent, it's important that she understood to me, it, it's important to me that she understands um, that the words aren't appropriate for use in everyday language, you know? Absolutely. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that she, um, you know, we've, I've taken some of the ideas that you guys have talked about, you know, and, and, and my own observations. And we talk about the songs that we've listened to, you know, so many times. And uh, that I think has made her experience even better. Is there uh, one song in particular that you remember being kind of the first one that you two really bonded on? Uh, uh, All of the Lights, definitely. Because we listened to a podcast where they explained it, and I, I thought it was really cool because we talked about it. We listened to it first, then listened to the podcast, and then you know talked about it afterward. So it was, it was, we listened to both yours and we listened to another podcast that, uh, did a deep dive into the, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um, good old dissect. Yes. Okay. I didn't want to just yeah. say it. I was, uh, <laughs> uh, Cole's been on the show before. Okay. I don't, I haven't heard that particular episode, but, uh, yeah, he, he did a really good job of explaining in, in for her, um, you know, and, and like for, for myself, All of the Lights is, that's my other favorite Kanye song. And was it a, it's a jump sound-wise and kind of context and depth-wise going from College Dropout to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and All of the Lights. So that conversation to get to that point between you two and being able to really talk about it must have been really fun. Yeah. Oh, well, she, so she, um, w one thing that we talk about, cause you know, there's so much symbolism in, uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, you know, it's his, uh, um, it's his 
apology to the public, but not really. He's like, (laughs) you know, go ahead. ahead. It's a backhanded apology is what it is. That's right. Right. So he's like, uh, you know, how dare you guys shun me and look, here's my gift for you. You know, and he gives (laughs) this, 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 and I say it to people all the time, but it's, it is pop culture maximalism done to the absolute best it can be done. You know, it's, uh, and it's that track, all of the lights really is for myself. You know, it, you couldn't add one more instrument to that track. You can't add <laughs> another drum beat to that track. You know, it's, it's, it's as much as you can possibly put into that five minutes as you know, you could probably handle senses wise, you know, it's, it's so big, you know, um, and talking with Clementine and listening to the song over and over and over again, you know, you really kind of understand how much time went into it. Yeah. Just hours, uh, behind making that production and beats and everything that's, uh, that song has going on. And then all the chorus of voices that come in and all the people he had to have for that, that maximalism in art is not terribly uncommon, but in pop art, the way that Kanye did it, it's pretty insane to me. Yeah, it is. And that, that for, for that reason, even though he doesn't, even though Kanye doesn't think so, that's why my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is his best album. Uh, so he, uh, go ahead. Did you go from Yeezus to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? Or at what point did you kind of say, after listening to Yeezus and having that back and forth relationship with it, uh, I'm going to go listen to the rest of Kanye's albums? Yeah, so um, I was, I'm old school. I, I still kept, uh, you know, my 600 CDs with me in my truck. <laughs> for well into the digital era, you know, and, um, I listened to all my old stuff, you know, and I, I still listen to it almost every day. I still listen to Wu-Tang almost every day. Um, really enjoy like, uh, Wu-Tang forever is probably one of my top five albums. And I just, I bounced back and forth between Yeezus, Wu-Tang, M50. Um, I listened to like, uh, I listened to Talib Kweli and, uh, and most deaf, I really enjoy their stuff too. And and at work, um, I had the the chance to listen to Pandora, and so I like started adding Kanye into my my radio, and and we started getting these sing this. So I think Graduation was the next album that I kind of really st- kind of like stepped into because a lot of those were on Pandora, and I was like, oh, this is this is pretty good because I didn't <laughs> like. I didn't like Stronger on the radio either. It was too different from my 50 Cent that I enjoyed, you know? <laughs> yes. It, well, and so I was like, oh, this isn't that bad at all. And, you know, I just, it was a gradual, you know, I was so resistant because I liked the hardcore hip hop with with the lack of a sung chorus, you know? Uh, and And Kanye was so much different as far as, you know, he he embraced emotion. He embraced uh, the ability to have uh, like an R&B uh, songscape. You know, his soundscape was was a lot softer than what I was used to, but still having uh, the real depth of lyrical content. So it it went from graduate from Yeezus to graduation and then back all the way back to college dropout and then my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. And it must have hit hard when you finally got to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and you're like, Oh, Kanye's good. And I'm liking Kanye. I'm liking Kanye. Oh, what is this? Yeah. Cause like I had, when it came out, I, I, I read a lot of reviews when it came out, I read a couple of reviews and I actually listened to runaway. And again, it just, it was too much. It's too like this <laughs> nine minutes of some guy groaning on the end of it. It's like, it didn't make sense to me, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. When I finally, got into it and kind of uh let the story take me it was you know it's transcendent great experience uh clementine do you also listen to a lot of other hip-hop and rap artists or is it mostly other genres of music and kanye 
it is a rap, but it's not. I don't. I don't listen to Wu Tang or Fifty Cent. It's I listen to newer things, so it's a lot di- different. So the people who would listen to the uh, to the other music that I listen to don't like Kanye West. It people her age is what yeah. she. So you'll try to talk Kanye with your classmates and they don't want to, they don't want to talk about Kanye at all. They're wanting to talk more about maybe like Drake or Takashi. Yes. So I I like Drake. And so it's him, uh, Lil Peep and like, uh, Famous Dex, but I don't really like Famous Dex. He's, I feel like I lose brain cells every time I listen to him. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, because people my age are super close-minded when it comes to Kanye West, because they don't refer to him as a rapper. They refer to him. Some people call him just a producer, just because he has a sung chorus or because he has emotion in most of his songs. And I don't think that they're not, they're not used to that. So it's like, Oh, this is new and it's different and I don't like it. So yeah. Yeah. Not as racial friendly either. Right. So yeah. 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 People, people my age will still say the same things as well. It's uh, it seems to be just Kanye opinion tends to chart one of two directions in that way that people that just really point out all these things of oh he's not a rapper he's not doing this to people that really love what he does as an artist and connect with those emotional aspects artistic aspects it's funny to see that happening you know no matter what age somebody is yeah People just, I, I don't, because when you listen to Kanye West, I like to sit down and listen to him and think, while other people don't think a lot when they listen to music. Not everyone, but I've seen a majority of the kids my age don't really think about their music the way that you would if you listen to Kanye West. Absolutely. They just want you know, a beat that they like or some lyrics that they can recite and get excited about, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, It's just a shame when they think that's the only thing music can be or should be. And if something doesn't fit into that, it's bad. Exactly. So I'll I'll show my friend a few Kanye West songs and they'll be like, yeah, I like the beat. And so I say, yeah, that's good, but listen. (laughs) The lyrics, the lyrics. (laughs) It makes the experience so much better. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, too, like the the newer Kanye albums, you know, Yeezus, Life of Pablo, Ye, are controversial for long-term fans, just in general. Um I can't imagine then how controversial they are for younger fans as well. Um, just because they are so much more in that think end of things rather than the listen end of things. Yeah. Well, uh, when we start, and you know, when Ye came out, um, we she actually brought me into Ye because Clementine really liked the album first. And I, and I think that Kanye has now having listened to it, I think, you know, maybe a hundred times because <laughs> it's easy to listen to. Right. Right. 20 minutes. Right? It's 24 minutes. It's it's easy. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just, yeah, 24 yeah, minutes. Yeah. OK, well, I mean, so it's it's easily digestible. You can listen to it on the way to work. Um, he's tapped something um, where he's taken these big, big ideas um, that he's had and he's compressed them into something digestible that this culture that we live in now 
can can stomach if that you know you know what i mean mm-hmm. because we live in a soundbite world you know and this is a in some terms a soundbite album but the concepts that are put into it are are big you know what i mean um hit and she really likes uh the you know i thought about killing you um yeah. which, which sound you know that sounds horrible that a 12 year old would like that but it <laughs> the uh the way that she talks about it um i'll i'm just paraphrasing what she's told me is is that the the ability to say what you think and not be uh condemned for it you know that's important and uh that's kind of been short shortened in this world that we live in now mm-hmm. exactly so when kanye is and when i thought about killing you he he's like don't say this don't say that and then he says just say it out loud see how it feels it's really interesting because there's so many things that everyone everyone thinks bad things can't say it out loud because it's wrong but he's saying what if you say it out loud? Like, how will it feel? Yeah, I that line resonates with me so much because I think people often think about it in, like, a really bad way or really, like, extreme way. But I think it's something you can just use in everyday kind of choices. Like, if you just say, I want to quit my job or I want to never talk to this person again and you say that out loud, you can feel how you react to that. Like, if I were to say, I hate my cats, like, I feel bad saying it and know that I don't feel that way because of it. And there's something good about being able to say it and know that you feel how you feel uh, about it. But you... I feel like there's a difference between not saying it and thinking you feel a certain way and then saying it and knowing that it feels wrong or feels right if it's something else. Like, I want to quit my job. And you're like, oh, that says so nice to say out loud. <laughs> uh, and, and too many people, I think, have taken it literally um, to mean that you kill another human being when, at least in this context, it's about it. For me, it, the, the album is about the killing of Yeezus you know, mm-hmm. or at least putting, putting him away for good and being the family man that he has wanted to be for such a long time. You know, that's uh that's what it means to me, you know, and you can make, it can be, that's a great thing about Con- his, his albums too, is he leaves that ambiguity in there, you know, so that you can make your own decisions, you know? It's such a huge part. Just Travis and I talk about it all the time. We'll get to just one line where he, words it just a certain way that leaves it a little bit more ambiguous that lets people come in, <laughs> come into it my uh my fiance just texted me that the cat heard me say that i hated him <laughs> i don't mean it i don't mean it felix <laughs> i just had to say it out loud just to see how it felt <laughs> um that's funny but yes uh I don't even remember what I was saying, but I, I love I Thought About Killing You. It's a great song. Yeah, I, I just like to listen to it, and it's the best when you're able to just take it in, and it's it's just, it's mostly him talking, and that's why a lot of people don't like it, but I learned to like it. I think I liked it by the like second time listening to it. Yeah, there's something cool about how, I don't know, to me, like, it doesn't make for the best music. I'd never make that case. But as art, as something that's making me think and feel and engage with, that flow of the first part of him talking and the lack of music adds this kind of gravity to it, especially with what he's talking about leading into that second part where there's minimal music and he's starting to sing, uh, rap a little bit more till we get to the third part where it really ramps up and you get all the kind of ego and aggression starting to pour out of the song. Having that contrast from 
the beginning where it's just talking to seeing him by the end be so aggressive and loud and defensive. That's awesome. It, the uh, Yeah, you get to follow his entire uh, emotional uh, spectrum, you know, and then it and then there's, you know, there's always uh, yay screaming, which he's done, I think, <laughs> the last three albums. Um, it's, you know, something very visceral about that, you know. Yeah, it adds a whole other <laughs> a whole other emotional tenor to it. Um, but that soundbite idea of the album, I, I think, is such a great way of putting it and being kind of in touch with what's going on. And, you know, he had it seemed he had wanted to try to do that initially with The Life of Pablo, which had only been 10 tracks at the beginning. But then he just blew it up and expanded it to what it became. And it seems that he returned back to that idea, um, boiling it all the way down to seven. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I think the life of Pablo also, because um, I didn't experience it in its first iteration. Um, it took me a while to get, I because I, I work so much, I don't get to keep up a lot of times on, on the goings on in the, the mainstream media. So, uh, I actually didn't get to yeah, uh, sorry, life of Pablo until, um, it had gotten to the 20 tracks that it is today. <laughs> so it, that's the only way that I have experienced the album, but the initial, from what I understand was wolves, the end of the first, the first version. So when he first released the album, it had up to fade. So the version that we got released was still like 19 tracks with St. Pablo getting added later. But when he first released the track list, it ended with Wolves. Um, And that seemed like all we were going to get. And then more and more kept (laughs) being added um, until we got the 19 version. Yeah, you got the feeling that he made that album because he had to. Like it was, it's... I go back and forth like with with Eminem all the time. Eminem and his uh, Slim Shady alter ego uh, is, you know, it makes him make the music, you know. And I we had to have the the little Twitter conversation about about Stan and Bad Guy and and how that character arc kind of drove you to un, you know to really understand what a great uh, a great song could do as far as uh, narrative flow mm-hmm. and. And now, and life of Pablo kept being added to just, I think because he just had so much in him about those, about that subject and, and St. Pablo, that's also one of my favorite. It's in that top five list. Um, you know, it's, it's his most, his, I don't want to, it's not emotional, but it's his most honest, you know, song that I can remember because he, he, there is no ambiguity. He is literally telling you exactly how he feels, you know, and um, that uh, was kind of refreshing. You know what I mean? Because I can because because I can I can understand it being a father and having come from a, a background of of not doing the right things, you know, and uh, and now having a daughter and wanting her to have the very best of me and to have the very best of everything that, you know, I'm capable of. And that's kind of what he's telling us in St. Pablo to a point, you know, and and the life of Pablo in general is that uh, that journey from the single selfish person to the family man and learning to love Kim and learning to love his family. Yeah. Does that album resonate a lot with you from that from that background that you came from and like that? change that happens on waves uh to fml and kind of that understanding of self and the vow to do better to wolves and really getting that journey from i was this person to this person i am now all the way to saint pablo does that does that tend to have a bit more of a a personal connection than other kanye songs or is it just that or albums or is it just that kanye's kanye and connecting with kind of him it all feels the same no that that particular album is you know is more uh emotionally 
you know, uh, connects with me more emotionally. Again, Clementine really brought me into, uh, I didn't like the, the first part of the album. I, I tend to listen to whole albums, you know, as opposed to, cause I, I really think that most artists want us to listen to the whole album, you know, unless you're, unless you're Drake in which you're just putting song lists together, you know, <laughs> it, th- that's all he does. You know, it, it he, he was on to something with, with, uh, take care and, uh, nothing was the same and then he got distracted or something i don't know but anyway uh she he brought me in you know uh chance the rapper's verse on uh ultralight beam you know that was you know pretty awesome uh the 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 child and and really kind of like understanding that this is a gospel album it's it's a it's a spiritual journey and that's kind of what i went through um I don't know if you're going to put something in the, in the show notes or not about where I've been, but, um, I've, uh, I've been in the depths of alcoholism and drug addiction and I've been, um, about as low as a human being can be and, and still come out on the other side, you know, and he, Kanye, I think did some of, did a little bit of that when he was, uh, going through the death of his, his, uh, sorry, his mom, and, you know, uh, 808s and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy are a great example of grief, you know. Um, and then he's come out on the other side and the life of Pablo, for me, made his uh, journey into being a family man, you know, just it made it easier for me to understand him if that makes any sense, because I, I don't see Kanye for his Twitter rants. I don't see, uh, Kanye for, uh, the MAGA hat, even though I, I am what I would consider myself conservative, but I, I don't see him for the crazy behavior. I see him as a, as a human being who has like, I, I sure am glad that nobody was recording me 12 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and like, getting my thoughts down on paper and, and, and putting it out to the world because we all do stupid shit that we're not proud of, yeah. you know? And, uh, he just happens to be one of the most famous human beings in the world. And everything that he says and does is twisted and, and misconstrued, you know? Um, so I guess getting back to your, to your original question, the life of Pablo is the closest thing that I have seen that mirrors my life and my life experience going from the selfish, self-centered person to uh, the family man who, um, you know, I have a wonderful wife and daughter and, and businesses that, uh, you know, I wouldn't give up for anything now. You know, there, there's not anything that I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't do for them. And I think that Kanye, when he understood that, needed to share that with the life of Pablo, and that's why it grew so much. That's... Uh... It was very beautifully put. And I know you had uh, shared the article links with me, that the article is kind of detailing your background and uh, uh, growth and change and uh, your journey into triathlons. Um, I, I just, I remember thinking about the life of Pablo as I was reading that. And just, I mean, the album makes me cry. Reading the article made me cry. Um it's uh it's amazing what people can go through and it's funny how people say that like nobody ever changes but people clearly change and are capable of change and it's great that i think we have art in the world that can express that and show that and that people can kind of connect to it and find uh that resonance yeah it was it was, uh, and I'm really glad you enjoyed the articles. Uh, they were very beautifully written, also, because <laughs> um, going through those things was not nearly as interesting as uh, the author. Uh, <laughs> he he made him set. He made it sound very very interesting, and, and trust me, it wasn't very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I guess that's also kind of the veneer of art and presentation versus the reality of of life. Right. Like, yep as much as even Kanye makes these things on his album sound great and be engaging and beautiful. 
I'm sure the reality for him too is also much more at times monotonous or pains, boring, all of that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Clementine, when Life of Pablo came out, you had been listening to Kanye for uh, a few years already. Did you hear that album before your dad heard it? Uh, no. So every everything that has to do with Kanye, my dad introduced to me. So he he plays it in the car. And again, this was something new. So I was like, I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> and he's okay, but we're going to listen to it. And so it was just hearing it over and over again. I mean, I definitely... It's definitely different because with Ye, I I only had to listen to it like once to like. I don't, and no one else feels that way. But I Love really your friends, you mean? Yeah, and I really like that. But with the life of Pablo, because the ultra, because Ultralight Beam is my favorite song on that album, just because you know. Chance the Rapper, and again, it gives the sung chorus, and it, it's just really beautiful to listen to. So I guess no, he just said, we're going to listen to this, and I learned to appreciate it. <laughs> it's a, be a good dad, like kids saying i don't want to do this and you're like it's it's just trust me <laughs> just Filter. trust me um yeah what uh so ultralight beam got you into the album do you have a are there a few songs also that grew on you as you kept listening um yeah probably waves and saint pablo yeah. Those were, yeah. Why do you like Waves so much? It's, I, I don't know. It's, I honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I just like it. <laughs> it's easy, to, easy to listen to as yeah. far as Kanye songs go. Well, exactly. On that album, it's such a cathartic moment too, because like you have Ultralight Beam, which is so beautiful, and then you get this kind of harsh, uh, soundscapes coming in from father stretch my hands part two up through waves and just kind of getting that emotional release that waves brings and kind of the joy and simplicity of it it's uh it's nice hmm. yeah it is there and you know like you said that that's really like the the turning point where things become well, the music becomes more, I guess, for lack of a term, more musical <laughs> because everything beforehand is, is so synth and, and very, very uh, boom bap and harsh. And then uh, afterwards it becomes, you know, and like wolves for me, the 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 calling of the wolves and then that bass line um, really just brings it brings that song to a whole nother level for for myself me too god even the phrase the calling of the wolves is such a cool way to be able to describe a song yeah like what other songs can you really say that about oh kanye (laughs) (laughs) oh kanye um also uh, kanye's kanye's music as something that you two have uh, enjoyed listening to together. Uh, Do you talk about him as a person in all of that, or does it stick mainly to what the albums are talking about, or what's the relationship then with uh, the man himself? Um, I think, uh, like my dad was saying, he is i think he's a a better person than most than most people but since he's famous he's really famous everyone cares what he does everything he says someone cares and if 
a regular person were to say half the things that he was saying, they they wouldn't care because he's so famous. And so I can't help but to cut him some slack because he has the same, not all of them, but he has some of the same issues that some that people who aren't famous have. And no one really knows that. Right. Especially a lot of the mental health stuff was so under wraps for years and years and years. And uh, people just, I don't know, were very, very negative and dismissive towards him. Not saying that it's an excuse to do anything that you want to do, but I think it does change how you view somebody when uh, you learn about that. Yeah, we talk about we talk a lot about um, you know again uh, what I've personally learned in my life. You know, is that we are a culmination of our experiences, but we are also not just our experiences. So Kanye West has had a a you know, there's very few people in the world who even could understand what he's going through, right? Uh, and yet everybody probably can, because if you would really put yourself in his place for a day and would understand how many people rely on him as far as uh, business wise for for their living um, and then how many people um, adore him or I, I don't like to use the word adore, but but care about his his music and his art and his shoes and um, everything that he's done. You know, he's, he, you know, he said it in his, in his albums, you know, it's, it's hard to be humble when you're strutting on a jumbotron, you know, it's, how can you possibly be humble when there's these millions of people who care about you for lack of a better term? And then there's how else could you be except, uh, except fight back, I guess, uh, when the hundreds of thousands of people, maybe millions of people don't like what you have to say. You know, and it's like um, if I was if I was him and this kind of goes back to the my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy thing again um, after the Taylor Swift thing. And he was, you know, called a jackass by the president. And he was uh, told that uh, he, he was basically ostracized by the media. Right. He was made into this bad guy. And, uh, you know, how would that feel if the if you as a person would go and do um something on a whim which is interrupt taylor on in her speech and then basically the next year and a half of your life be you know made hell because of 30 seconds you know that's uh so i i have a lot of sympathy for him in that regard yeah that's uh it's such a precarious position to be at it's kind of like that image of the mountain, right? The higher you climb, the easier it is to fall and the farther you fall. And when you're on the top of the mountain, uh, it's, it's hard to find your footing. And, and everybody just, wants to knock you off of it, too. Yeah, you have people throwing lots and lots of stones at you. Yes. Um, it, is, it is a lot. And I, for yourself, being a, a small business owner... And understanding kind of that that pressure in a way of uh, people rely on you in a capacity not just to do your job but to provide and give them opportunities. Uh, does that make you appreciate what Kanye is doing as uh, a a businessman himself outside of the music? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, his, uh, uh, he, I have a lot of respect for anybody who, you know, comes from a hard background and, and makes anything of themselves. I mean, it, it could be, you know, it, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be music. It doesn't necessarily have to be business if, um, but I understand Kanye, um, the businessman, because I know how hard it is to get people to listen to you. Um, 
my wife is the one who is most uh, responsible for our business success, and I really respect her a ton for that. Um, she, um, we, you know, we worked so very hard, you know, you know, 16 to 18 hours a day, every day for months to get our businesses off the ground. And, uh, when you get to a place where it's a little bit easier, where the business is kind of running on its own, and I'm sure you guys running your podcast to have, have, a, uh, some experience with this is just people not because they can't understand they, people not understanding what you went through to get to the place where you're at, you know, and that's why I'm one of your guys' Patreon supporters because, you know, I get what it's like and I can understand what Kanye probably went through to get his fashion stuff off the ground and the ridicule, you know, that he probably had to endure from people who thought that they knew better, uh, people who are established in the fashion world. And so, um, you know, imagine if Nike had stuck with Kanye, <laughs> where would <laughs> they would have both Kanye and Michael Jordan? You know, they, could you imagine a, a more juggernaut uh, company? Um, but they made a mistake, you know, one of the few mistakes they made. And, and Adidas has profited greatly from, you know, from that uh, relationship now. Uh, and I'm sure that he has also. But uh, my my experience um, with with business and, and I'm is you you work so hard you work so hard you work so hard and then all of a sudden it gets easier and i i think that kanye has kind of gotten to that point where now he he's got some momentum where he can like play around and actually do the things that he loves doing um i don't foresee him at least uh in my opinion i don't foresee him making a ton more music you know i, I kind of foresee him being more this 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 pop culture icon which he you know he already is but but further cementing himself into our culture as that fashion uh icon you know that i think that he kind of wants to be and making it a little bit more accessible um because even though i have a pair of i have a pair of the yeezy wave runners i'm not gonna go and buy a whole bunch <laughs> of kanye stuff because it is expensive you know what i mean yeah, it's it's hard to justify like a whole closet full of of Yeezy at this point. Yeah, <laughs> like as You're much right. as we may want it, as much yes. as we may want it. Um, I think I I agree with kind of your assessment of where Kanye's at and how much music we might be getting. Which I think it's cool that he's doing these seven track albums. Like Clementine, you mentioned Chance the Rapper, and I don't know if you heard, but he's been in Chicago this last week working with Chance on a seven-track album for Chance. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's something we're going to be getting soon. That um, is going to be that's going to be epic. Yeah, that's going to be real cool. I I think these kind of seven-track things might be his way of continuing to do music but knowing what it will be when he goes into it and kind of simplifying the process. Almost like if you're a poet, you know you're going to just write sonnets or just write haikus, and you can kind of settle into it instead of being, I don't know, sometimes overwhelmed by the mystery of how big the project might be. Um, but that the music will be far less frequent as he does all the fashion and gets the business stuff going. Yeah. And to go back to how whatever he says is misunderstood or twisted, it's the reason that I, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, understand or feel bad is because it's, it's almost like, because being in seventh grade, seventh graders are mean. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's like what they do to you, it... You can say whatever you want. It's just, that. it's hard for you to be nice all the time. And I try so hard. People will be mean to me and I'm nice to them. They don't deserve it. But I know that if I'm mean to them, it's not going to get better. So it's like... And then when I do finally say, like, stop, you're 
and I, I say something back and it's almost like with all these people coming at Kanye and then him saying something back and then them taking that and twisting it the wrong way. It's exactly that happens in middle school. You say one thing and all of a sudden you are the worst person in the grade and you can do so many nice things for someone and then you mess up once and it it ruins everything and so like he was doing they will do so well and then when he does say something that people don't like it's that one thing that they don't like that they focus on but not the good things he actually does or like how, his music yeah or how great his music actually is but his music's bad because he's a bad person. And that's how everyone sees him. Well, not everyone, but... A lot. That's how... Yeah. Yes. It, that was one of the things, if you read reviews after Ye came out, so many people didn't even talk about the album. They were just like, right. this is an album by somebody that supports Trump and said slavery is a choice. Like, what does he know? Like, bad album. And you're just like, what? Like... Or I, I remember talking to somebody that said because Kanye said this slavery line, it means that everything that he did over all those years that people liked and appreciated and admired didn't matter. And he must have been false when he did those things, that he's not the person that we thought he was. And it's like, couldn't he have been that person? and just did one thing that's problematic? And shouldn't we wait to see how he responds to that rather than just saying, oh, everything in his entire life is garbage? It's it's just like what you're saying about seventh grade. Like You're being treated one way, and you finally just say something about it, hoping that it levels the playing field, explains things, and that it can just be done with and people can move forward. But instead, somehow, that makes you the enemy. Exactly. Uh, I'd like to think the world grows up, but sadly, there's always going to be seventh grade mindset in the world. But thankfully, there's a lot of great people as well that, uh, that get it and want to just be happy and treat each other well. Well, should we get into uh, top five Kanye tracks? Sure. All right. Who wants to go first? Okay. Well, I really, really like All of the Lights. That's my number one. And then Ultralight Beam. I know it's really a skit, but... I love Kanye. I really like that. The the track from Life of Pablo, right? Yeah. Okay. Obviously, it all falls down because that's what got it started. <laughs> and um, no. and no mistakes. Nice. Yeah. Good list. That is a good list. It's a good All right, mixture so, of old and new. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so I guess number five. I'll go out the other opposite direction. Number five, I would put as uh, Jesus Walks. Still is amazing production, even today. Um, and then I would say, uh, gosh, it's gonna it's gonna start all flowing together. I think. Um, so, all right, I'll do, I'll do it this way. I, I really like like certain stretches of Kanye's albums. Yeah. So, so, um, the, so for number four, I would put, uh, that, that stretch from, um, monster through runaway. Okay. And then like number three, I would put, uh, on, um, on Yeezus, the uh, 
is it black skinhead that's the first one or is it no hold second hold hold, yeah hold hold my liquor through uh hold my liquor through um uh blood on the leaves that three track uh stretch is a microcosm of the whole album and it's just the the beauty of of uh hold my liquor and then going through the, the dichotomy and the of blood on the leaves is really that's awesome and then uh so number two um on uh on his uh on the life of pablo um real friends and wolves and uh uh is it fml that's also in that yeah that's that that three track stretch that's great and then you know number one for me is um power and all of the lights you know that those two those three tracks because that that little interlude where uh you come from power which is you know the uh the suicide of the of that super ego you know that character and then the the fun the funeral type music of the interlude and then all of the lights uh about the maximalism of celebrity that's you know that's an awesome experience it gave me goosebumps i i i love it so much that transition (laughs) and just you describing it that way with the interlude being kind of the the funeral song um we always talk about it in terms of the the wizard of oz structure and it's okay. him going into the into the uh oz but that uh that idea oz, that, bright hmm? light right yep it just the the shockingness of oz with all of the the wonder and the magic but just being definitely like far from home <laughs> which yeah. the lyrical content of all of the lights is so far from like what Kanye's life is like that it really is the start of this dark twisted fantasy. Absolutely. Uh, uh, fun fact, he watched wicked four times in 2010 leading up to the writing of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Oh, cool. Yeah. He was uh, obsessed with the story of the wicked witch of the West I see. Yeah. And him him being him being the wicked witch. Yeah, he said uh it's my story or something. He tweeted something about it. It was like it's the story of me. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Kanye. Um what are your uh oh. each of your top three albums? Go ahead, Clementine. Um Top well- three. All right, number three being Yay. Um, number two being College Dropout, and then number one being My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or The Life of Pablo. They're kind of neck and neck. I like them both. Nice. All right, uh, number three for me is probably um, The College Dropout. Uh, because I can still listen to that thing and it's, uh, you know, all these years later, you kind of understood what he was trying to get at, you know, he just didn't understand how he wanted to do it yet. And number two, Yeezus, um, just because of the narrative structure and I'm, I'm reading your guys's Yeezus book right now. Nice. And, uh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I actually ordered two by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. It's worth every penny. I don't care. Um, I really enjoy um, the narrative structure, and uh, it it, it kind of re it it redefined for me what an album could be. You know, uh, where the 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 episode where you guys talk about uh, the Hungarian poem um, at the end of uh, I'm sorry, what's the track name? It, it escapes me at this New second. Slaves. Thank you. And he, uh, they, t- you know, nobody is doing that. Nobody is going to take a Hungarian poem and and put it at the end of a track, which you can barely hear, and make it about his wife. You just, nobody's going to do that ever again. 
the even the the thought process of being able to find something like that and put it into an album, whether it be Hungarian or Czechoslovakian or even in English, for fuck's sake. I mean, nobody else is going to do that on an album ever again. Um, so I really respect everything that he went into making that. And then obviously, number one is my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. It is, um, you know, it's it's on that same level of, you know, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd and Thriller you know, and never mind by Nirvana. It is one of the single greatest albums ever made. Um, and I know that Kanye doesn't, you know, feel that way because he's basically said that much in an interview. But, you know, you, we don't always get to choose what people love. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, his that. Uh, that level of of maximalism, I really hope that he goes back to it, but that level of capturing the moment and and uh, the work that he put into it because he said he felt like his his life depended on that album you know when your back's against the wall man and i've i've been there also when your back's against the wall you know you're either going to crumble or you're going to come out you're going to come out with the best shit you've ever done and i really think that that's what my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is for him i don't know if he can ever top that but uh that's just my opinion. I sure want to see him try. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> well, so we're, uh, we're at the point of your last call where you have a uninterrupted stretch of time to just say whatever you want to say about anything that you want to say. Uh, just like Kanye at the end of last call going on his, uh, his tear. So it can be 10 seconds. It can be 10 minutes. Uh, thank you both for joining us and enjoy the last call. You want to go first, Clementine, or you want me to go? It could be about anything. Anything you want. Um, it doesn't even have to be at Balcon. Nope. Okay, well, I don't... Not to say that there aren't people that aren't nice, but a majority of people that I know... They, if you're on, they, they suck and people suck sometimes. And it's, it, it's so, what happens? It's not, I like to think about what would, what would it be like if everyone were nice and not everyone can be nice all the time. And if, you know, you're, cause being nice all the time would mean you're perfect and no one's perfect. So, if you're going to do something that will hurt someone, you need to apologize, and that's not always going to work, but it's a good start. So, after you apologize, it's good to show, like, hey, that was a mistake, it's not going to happen again, and it's... You want to think about your actions, right? Yeah, and it's just being in middle school, you can feel alone, but you know you're not. You have friends, but if people are mean and if or when people are mean, it's not that big of a deal because it's normal. But it it shouldn't be normal. So it should be a big deal. If if everyone were nice all the time and someone all of a sudden is just mean, people are going to care. So why is it that when people are mean all the time, no one cares because it's normal and it shouldn't be like that. It should be the opposite way around. It's... So just to clarify what you're saying, Clementine, it's you're you you wish that people were nicer to each other all the time. Yeah. And you wish that people would do what they say they're going to do and not be mean to other people all the time. Exactly. And it's. Yeah, I can see the wheels in your head. I'm I'm sorry to put words in your mouth, but. That is. Yeah. 
Thank you. Okay. Um, I think, uh, you know, what Clementine said about people being respectful to each other is something that's missing in this world. Um, I really wish that I could um, convey... Um, I wish that I could convey sometimes to people that haven't had the same life experiences of, that I have that could understand where I've been, you know, and wh where I'm coming from. And, you know, at the same time, uh, I want to be able to do better at, at understanding what other people are going through, you know, and, and music for me has become that universal language that I'm able to tell someone, be there it, it, it's Kanye or, or Kendrick or Wu-Tang Clan or Eminem or, or Pink Floyd or the Rolling Stones or anything else. I'm able to, I'm able to put myself in that person's shoes for a few minutes while we talk about this music. Um, and where our, uh, society is going, uh, we aren't able to have these civil conversations where we're able to disagree with each other and then say at the end of the day, you know what, I don't agree with you, but I respect you, you know? And um, I think that's kind of what Clementine is is trying to uh, get across is that it's a lot more common for her in her life now for th people to not be respectful and to be mean to each other than it is to be nice. Uh, and that wasn't the case for me that I remember anyway growing up. I hope that uh, our experience between me and her uh, experiencing Kanye together and us bringing it into other people's lives um, can make their lives better and help understand each other better. Um, I really think that uh, Kanye West, when you get uh, right down to it, his goal is, you know, unification of people, bringing people together who don't agree with each other and helping find common ground. Um, I know that I've uh, done a lot of that in, in my life and I've seen my wife do that in our businesses. And I really hope that, uh, I really hope that people can get past uh, crazy Kanye or your, your crazy aunt or your friend that says something a little bit outlandish on Twitter, Twitter and find the common ground first you know, and learn to love each other more. Uh, if, if I had one wish for the world, that's what it would be. Hey,